Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Moving Into the Future. Today, I'm joined by Gary Anzalone, principal at Razor Consultant and president and founder of International Business Development Professionals, where Gary and I work together. Uh, I'm on the board there as the uh, program's co-chair, and uh, I've known Gary now for about two years, and uh, it's been really nice to get to know him, to see how he operates. So, Gary, thank you for joining us today. It's my pleasure, Jack. Uh, and, and getting back to what I was saying as far as international business development professionals, we've had Guy on the podcast before to discuss it, but this is your brainchild. And, and you know, this is something you founded. So I kind of wanted to start at the beginning. You know, what was the inspiration behind the group? What did you see in the market that, that made you wanted to start this group? Well, as I got deeper into seeing tracking other friends' careers, um, I saw that the average lifespan of someone in business development was a little more uh, than a year, maybe a year and a half, two and a half years, but see a constant bouncing from job to job to job. And there are exceptions, but mostly people in business development don't have longevity. And I was looking at what that was about and experienced it after I sold my business, I experienced it firsthand. The disconnect between knowing that you're doing a good job and reporting to someone that doesn't understand what that even means. Right, because that's the thing, and, and we'll talk about it when we get to it, uh, but there's a difference between business development and sales. And you know, sales is quantitative. Sales is based on a number, and uh, you can easily define what that number is, where the salesperson needs to get to. But with business development, that's more of a relationship-based position. And, and that's why I think so many people who take on the role may have such a hard time in some cases, especially younger people or, you know, people who are getting into business development for the first time, figuring out how am I doing? Am I doing well? What am I supposed to be doing? And, and that's something that you saw that, that made you wanted to create international business development professionals. Yes. So as I talk to more people, uh, the, the gap seemed to be wider. And as you said, the, uh, the difference between business development and sales, and I understand that there is an overlap. Certainly. Many people will do both. Um, but the, dif the main difference I see is sales is transaction-based. Mm -hmm. And it's the, the way you're compensated is a commission. So you are closing deals. And if you're closing deals, everything is good. Everyone is happy. Business development is salary-based. The reason why it's salary-based is you're delivering something different. It takes longer. You have to look at it as an investment, not as a sales is transactional and quick. If, as a matter of fact, if you can afford one or the other, um, you're probably going to take sales. But if you are in a long game and you're building the strength of a pipeline, you really have both. You have deals that happen quickly, and then you have long-term relationships that pay dividends over and over again. So it's worth the investment. And, and anyone that has been the highest bid and still won the project, anyone that's been the lowest bid and didn't win the project, very much should understand the difference between business development and sales. Because a relationship is much stronger than a number. And if you are only a number on a page, 
you're you're in a weak spot. Absolutely. And that's the thing too, what you said is very important as far as sales being tra transactional and business developing being relationship based. And when you are in business development, those relationships take a long time to grow and take a long time to develop. And it can take years, you know, even if you are getting opportunities in between then maybe to get on bids and you still might not be winning them. But like any great relationship, it takes time to develop and nurture and understand and trust each other. And, and I think in the business development community, uh, that's one of the things that IBD Pros does for us is to take time to develop those relationships and that trust and to understand how we all work together. Even though we may be all doing different things, we're all part of the general same ecosystem uh, and community in business development. And, and what I find in the group is it's a, it's a place where people in these roles, where oftentimes, especially depending on the company that you work for, you can feel isolated. You know, if you don't have a, a large team of BD people around you, uh, it can be isolating. And, you know, I think IBD Pros is not only a group where you can learn and, and develop and, and uh, find mentors and, and educate yourself, but also find, you know, very interpersonal relationships and trust relationships where you can have somebody to bounce ideas off of and, and understand, you know, this is something maybe I've gone through or you've gone through and, and you know, how can, how can we help each other? Uh, you know, figure this out in different ways. So in, in my practice in Razor Consulting, I'm constantly training my potential clients and ongoing once I have new clients of what the difference is between business development and sales. I want them to understand and to have a clear, clear expectation of what they're going to get. And um, and so the the biggest gap is how do you measure success in business development if it's not a sales metric? Because the fact is you're being paid separately, differently. You're doing something different. The results are different. How do you keep one and the other? How do you measure them differently? Obviously, sales is very easy to measure because you are, the numbers are up and the numbers are down. You're closing deals. You're not closing deals. In sales, you really don't care how many opportunities there are. And the, the end game is how many did you close? Whereas in business development, it's different. It's a shift because you do have to have a certain amount of opportunities to close those deals. And I'm, not, I'm speaking fairly exclusively because you can make an argument that sales does care how many deals you get and you're going to close a certain percentage of those. But in my previous business, I would close 95% of the deals I priced because I wasn't going to price something that I wasn't going to get. And there was sometimes a circumstance that didn't allow me to get that. But for the vast majority, if I have a good relationship, I don't have competition depending on the strength of that relationship. So how do you measure that difference? That difference is um, the success. Success sales, very easy. Success in business development is the combination of interactions and personal connections. Mm -hmm. So if I have a really great personal connection and I get an opportunity from that, that's success. Mm -hmm. And so the first level of that is how many good or great connections do I have? I'm successful if I have a lot of those. 
and for my clients as a fractional or outsourced business development, if I put my client together with the right end user that will hire them, that's success. Mm -hmm. My client doesn't see that that could take five minutes. It could take six months to put that together. They don't know that. They, they just know that, well, Gary's got a really great con uh, connection and he's got a great relationship and he's bringing us in. So that level of success is, did I get the right connection? The next level for business development is, did I take that connection and make that work to the success of my client? So one thing to have a really good meeting, it's another to really carry it over. And how do you do that? How do you, you know, make sure that the client is uh, taking control of that relationship? Because once you make that connection, it's their responsibility then to make sure that the the, the client uh, vendor relationship is, is being, you know, manufactured accordingly. How do you That's a help? Great point. Yeah. How do you help in that stage? You know, to make sure that. Because again, it largely lies on communication. So, so how do you work that? I, I've learned the hard way. Yeah, um, I've been at meetings where, during the to the, the client and the, the connecting person that I'm bringing them to, they left hugging each other after lunch. They felt such a strong connection that they hugged. Neither of them followed up. It's like it never happened. Right. I've had another client meet with uh, a, a global director of design and construction and real estate. And that guy says, you know what, Gary, based on the strength of your relationship, I'm going to give them an opportunity. And I'm, my head explodes. I think this is the first meeting and they're getting an opportunity from a huge national organization, multinational organization. That client never followed up. Yeah. That never happened. As a matter of fact, I told that, um, I told the client, he called me complaining, said, they don't return my call anymore. I said, you, you waited six weeks. Right, right. It, you would have been better never to meet them than to meet them and demonstrate that you're not on top of things. So the, the job for me, early on, I thought, you know, I can slam dunk, I can get really great people together. But if I don't follow up and coach my clients to follow up, it's almost like it didn't happen. So not, not only do I make an introduction, which takes a long time to do, or maybe it's short, but it's a lot of thought goes into that. Um, if I leave it at that, less result. And I know at the end of the day that if my client doesn't get a result, I had a client lo lose a $5 million opportunity because they submitted the bid late and then got locked out. Yep. At the end of the year, it looks bad on me. Right. It looks bad for me because I didn't help them win any project. So now I'm very careful that there's opportunities that my clients are, are their worst enemy, their, their own worst enemy, not to close that. So I coach and mentor my clients through the process, not only to do the business development, but to make sure that they carry it over the line. And there is a handoff from business development to sales. Right. And they've got to close the deal. In business development, we don't set the price. We don't negotiate terms. We don't close the deal. We bring it all the way up to that point. Right, exactly, too. And, and the follow-up is uh, it's one of the simplest tools, yet least uh, 
used in, in many people's arsenal and it really doesn't take much. I mean, think about, and I'm really, I've gotten worse at it from like a, from like a networking event standpoint. I always follow up with clients. That's like a given. Right. But like, you know, from networking events and stuff like that, I'm pretty uh, common to connect on LinkedIn. Like that's always a given, you know, just get right. connected and, and take it from there. But as far as just shooting a, what is it? 30 second message, you know, and just saying, Hey, nice to meet you, you know, see you around. And again, depending on who the, the, the new partner is or, or somebody is, but the follow-up is such a key uh, tool in, 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 in sales and business development. Because again, you think of it like I always, you know, take it back to like a personal relationship. And like, if I go out with a girl or something like that, if I go out with a girl and I have a nice time with her, and then I don't follow up with her. Well, then, they, you know, what do you what do you think is going to happen? You don't care. <laughs> yeah, and exactly. Nothing, nothing happens. Exactly. It, sh- it shows that you don't care. It shows that you're not interested. But that's actually at the core of business development. And right. My my analogy is an iceberg. An iceberg shows fifteen percent at the tip, and all the mass of the iceberg is underwater, mm-hmm. and you don't see it. That's business development. All of the follow up. All of the getting up early, staying out late, doing favors for people, making sure that they value your relationship. All of that stuff is not visible to the people that hire you to do business development. They just see, oh, he's bringing an opportunity. How did that happen? Or this guy loves him. He's going to get the job anyway. That stuff is not above the surface of the water. And that's where it all, the work is. Yeah, People see the glory, uh, you know, a drink or golf or something. They don't really see that it is real work and it takes a lot of detail and a lot of effort. And if you're not focused on it, and I will, um, I will say that there are what I term business development zombies that walk around <laughs> handing out cards, don't really have a focus. It's hit or miss. They get as many cards as they take. And they never follow up and they bounce from place to place. Lots of selfies. You see them always very busy you really don't know if they're doing anything right. versus having a plan, having a, a roadmap, aligning what you need to do with where you're working and delivering that. That's, that's the real work. Yeah. And I agree with everything you said too. And one of the things you didn't mention though, and, and uh, I want to talk about this in two phase, but is listening. And, you know, and you talk about that iceberg and to identify your potential clients or your potential connections needs and then being able to resolve them in such a manner. And one of the things I know you guys do at Razor Consulting is uh, an assessment that you essentially provide to your clients. And, and, you know, that's one form of listening, obviously, is identifying their needs and then coming back with the proper solutions. How does that work with, with you and your clients there? Well, that, that stemmed from the inception of Razor Consulting. When I was sitting down and I was trying to think of what is a business that I would start what is my skill set? What do I enjoy doing? And I enjoy being social. I enjoy being out there. Why would someone hire me to have to be social and enjoy what I'm doing? I had to come up with, and my, that's the way my process mind works, I had to come up with a compelling reason. So what do I deliver? How do I deliver it? And what is the value? The assessment allowed me to align the place that would hire me with what I could deliver. Mm-hmm. So w- the assessment is a couple of pages of, of questions. What, I- what is that company's goals? What is their process? Who do they compete with? Who do they do work with? So in uh, three or four pages, 
I'll have a clear understanding of this business and where they want to go and how they want to get there. I'll understand their reputation. I'll understand where they are in the industry. It doesn't matter if they're an architect or an engineer or a furniture company or IT or catering company. It doesn't matter the type of product or service. What's important is I understand the culture and there's an alignment. And I would argue that if you're not starting your own consulting company and you're going to work for someone, you would want to find out the answers to those questions to make sure that you see success. And that's why I've spent so much time developing it and I'm happy to share it with everyone that asks because I think that a rising tide lifts all boats. Right. If we can help each other in this process, the underlying theme of IBDP is that we're going to make the industry better by helping each other. And the people that will rise to the top of this will have a, a much secure and more profitable um, engagement. And so with, with, um, with people and that alignment, I know after that alignment that it's going to be a good fit mm -hmm. or let's not waste the time. Let's not waste time and money. And I could always use another client, don't get me wrong, but if I see something is not going to be successful, I'm going to be the first to say, you know what, I don't have enough contacts or enough um, push in this part of the industry. Uh, I don't do that much airport work or maybe it's transportation or just strictly warehousing. If someone says to me that there's a, a place where I'm not good at, I'll identify it first. And then also sometimes I'll look at what people send me and think these people are really good at what they do. This would be a great client. But even before I send the assessment, I get a, a clue as to that. If I talk to someone and they say, well, I know this, I know that, I know it all, it's probably not going to be a good fit. I need someone that is coachable and that is able to have a good face-to-face um, -face conversation. If they're not accessible, if they think they know it all, I won't even send the assessment. <laughs> that assessment only happens if I perceive it could be a good fit. Right. And then, I'm, I'm sorry, to, one other thing after the assessment, and this is how the process is for me, and I also uh, say that you can use this process if you are working for someone or, or interviewing for a job because you're going to ask very good questions. And then you're going to respond. The response to the assessment is a roadmap. Mm -hmm. Based on the assessment, here's a roadmap of what we will deliver. Names, companies, everything but the actual contact information. And some people sometimes they say, well, I know that guy. Or I know this person. And if they do, my first question is, great, I could take them off. Or have you done work with them? Because I know a lot of people I've never worked with. And if you have never worked with them, then why not leave them on the list and we'll see if we can make that a change. So the, the assessment and the roadmap are part of the process to make sure there's a good fit. And if they agree on the roadmap, there's no reason not to go forward. That makes sense. And again, from a consultative standpoint, uh, going through that assessment or even knowing when to say no is uh, an important cons part of consulting because, you know, a lot of people can just try to force business, you know, just for a paycheck or, or an opportunity. And um, to know uh, that this simply won't work for one reason or another 
is some of the best consulting you can give, and it proves your uh, your value without even you know really taking anything from them, but you know maybe giving them the opportunity to view their business or how they're doing it through the assessment, and then you know realizing they need to realign or take a different outlook on how they're doing things. And again, that's where Razor Consulting can help. And what you mentioned too was when you were starting Razor Consulting, you started to think yourself, you know. Who would I want to do businesses? What type of business, you know, would I want and, and how would I go about it? Is that similar? Is that the similar mindset you had with IBD pros and kind of a group? Because you were the president of IFMA too. And you saw how things operated from that uh, standpoint and uh, also from a, you know, not-for-profit uh, board standpoint. You know, did you, did you see similar things there? And, and then you thought to yourself, I kind of want to start something that's in my own, you know, my own form and, and uh, something that I can think can be of more value and I think something people will like and take to. Uh, in a way, there was a lot of that parallel. I've run other organizations as well, um, CEO clubs, USGBC, Long Island, um, SEGD, New York City. So different types of trade organizations adding value to membership um, I think my my um, my goal in running an organization was never first first it was never let me run this organization <laughs> because I was more on the sidelines, but I felt passionate about it, so I was happy to run it when I was asked. And when I was asked, it was about making value for the members, not how much money can we make this organization. Organizations you've worked for and and the value that you you want to add to membership. What is uh, the value in IBD pros that you want to add to, to members? Well, as I mentioned, there's a lot of people out there that do business development that do not, <clears throat> do not have any training. Um, I would argue that even if you're coming out of a business school, you don't get trained in business development. We want to create a value for the people that hire those folks or the people that are doing it and the people that are doing it so that they have some training. They understand strategy. They understand to be focused and to get a result. And that result will deliver a higher value for wherever they're working and themselves have a, a stronger quality of uh, longevity in that job. Yeah, I agree so much. And that's one of the things that I've seen, again, especially with young people in business development. And I think I spoke about this with Gary when he was on the podcast um, is is the the lack of direction and the lack of excuse me clear understanding as far as uh, you know what your what your role is meant to do and how you're supposed to do it well what what leads you to the most success and one of the things I've always done uh, since I've gotten into to business or sales or whatever you want to call it is every year I write a business plan and every year in that business plan I have uh, you know, specific industries or companies that I want to go after, verticals, uh, the clients that I've had success with in the past year, how can we either mimic that success or find new clients in those same verticals and areas to, to uh, approach. And I think things like that, and I, and I think that the education uh, sector of IBD pros, if you will, um, I think that's one of our greatest tools and assets. And it's, and I, being on the board and, you know, knowing Tarek and Savas and you, um, it's, it's been a lot of work to, to really sculpt that and mold that. But what we are creating on that end, 
I think is going to be very impactful and, and very helpful to whether it's college age students or whether it's new people to the industry or if it's if it's seasoned people, but maybe they're changing jobs and need to reanalyze how they're approaching things. I think our education uh, committee and and uh, resources that we're going to create are going to become incredibly valuable to uh, to our members. Can you talk about what we're creating on that end? Is it okay to talk about that? Yeah, now? Yeah. yeah, we're we're looking at um, multiple courses, but the first course will be a, a ten module course of uh, of the basics um, basics that people may know but don't think about. Mm-hmm. There's common sense, and uh, until you put it in words, sometimes it doesn't become real. Just imagine that uh, all these people that do business development and have never been trained, other than they probably have one thing in common. They're very social. They're very outward. Um, they're very friendly. And so those people um, just don't have the real focus and don't really understand. I mean, I've gone to uh, I've gone to networking events where someone walks up to me, looks at my name badge, and walks away without saying a word. And I thought, well, that is that's kind of rude. <laughs> but on the same thing, it's a sad um, commentary to the people that are in that room that are just looking for that one particular right. person that can help them. And if they meet them, they're going to be nice to them. And if that's not the person, they'll be rude and they won't even waste, give a minute of time to say hello. Um, I think that if a group of people that are trained in business development understand the value of an individual and their, it's not that individual, it's their network, that they're going to be a little, they'll have a different approach. And that's just one component of this. The connecting on on a personal level, as you know, in 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 uh, IBDP, we do not network by shoving a card at someone. We want to make a first connection of something that's personal, something that's meaningful to that individual. So you start off by sharing something about yourself. Then once you've established something, you can next level is to talk about what you do for a living. But it doesn't start with this is who I am. This is what I need. Come and help me or get out of my way. It's, it's not how people do business. As a matter of fact, in um, IFMA, you, as you had mentioned, it was when I started, they told, told us, do not talk to these people at the top of this pyramid, facility managers, because you'll bother them so much they won't come to a meeting. My response was, if I can't talk to them in a meeting, I don't care that they're in the meeting. So I did a workaround, and we started leveraging each other's relationships to get fast-tracked into those relationships. Um, As an example, if you meet someone in the room, sometimes it's a two-year or more venture to work and invest. I don't have that kind of time. (laughs) I I want more immediate. And even if you're young, you want more results. So how do you get to that one person that's going to take a two-year investment? You find someone that already has that connection, and you leverage that person, and you help that person, and it's a one plus one equals three or five or ten because those relationships are really helpful. So if you are paying it forward but also 
amping it up so that you are only p- talking to the people that you really need to, um, you're going to be a lot more successful in the use of your time. Yeah, I fully agree with everything you said, and especially about creating those personal relationships, uh, you know, before you start getting into uh, what you need from a professional side. When we do our monthly IBD breakfasts, you know, that's a staple of those rooms is that we take the time and get to know each other personally before we start talking about, you know, what we do in business. And what that allows for is a better way to remember the people that you're, you're sitting at these table with a lot of times meeting for the first time and then create those meaningful relationships. You know, I come back to um, Susan. Um, she is a jeweler. I don't know if she's actually, is she a part of the group yet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah she, she is. is. Yeah. Um, you know, and like, you know, it's fascinating what she does. And, uh, but not only that, her husband also designs guitars. And like, those are things that you would never know about somebody if you just get straight down to brass tacks and business and, uh, you know, seeing what you can do for them or what they can do for you. Uh, I think it's so important. And again, it's also the name game. You know, think about how many people you meet at these different events, but then you never remember their names. Or, you know, even if you get your cards, you might not remember their face. But if you actually have these meaningful conversations with them, you can then remember things about them and, you know, uh, what their family does beyond them. And you never know how those connections and parallels can align elsewhere. So I find that so important. That is very important. It's very powerful. Um, if you can say to someone that you haven't seen in a month or a year, <coughs> excuse me, um, mention something about their their sport or their pet or their last vacation or something because you remembered it because they told you. That connection is so much stronger than so. What's new in business? Did you you know what are you working on now? Um, if you can start that conversation with something that shows that you care and you're paying attention to that what's important to them there's no stronger connection that you can make right because and again this is are you sicilian or, or yes yeah right so 100 percent sicilian right so is my mother and one of the things she always told me is to always ask about other people and take interest in other people's lives and uh, that's one of the things. And I know I was going to say, obviously, we're speaking about it in business, but just as a good life rule is right. to, you know, always take interest in other people's because that's why when you see them, whether it's months or years or weeks down the road, and then you remember what they told you about their family or their passions and their interests, it, it creates such a meaningful, you know, uh, I- impactful uh, moment for them. They feel it. And it's a feeling that you cannot, People don't forget that when the next networking event comes up and you're there and they want to, you know, they remember you. So it's, right. it's things like that that always that always help very much. And it is a life kind of, it's a life approach. So whether you're speaking to a doctor, a lawyer, a financial planner, an accountant, or your friends at the park, right. or your friends at work, it's, it's, there are no barriers. If someone from your family needs something, from one of your friends in the park or from somebody at work, it's all blends. Exactly. They're, it looks like there's fences all around and they're different compartments. But uh, in my neighborhood, we have a lot of rabbits <laughs> and the rabbits go under the fences. The <laughs> rabbits don't see fences. Right. They're every place, wherever they want to be. So that's the kind of way you look at relationships. There are no fences. They're right. just people. Right. That's why they call me Jackrabbit. No, I'm yeah. kidding. <laughs> um, 
Now, as far as the BD course, obviously that's a type of valuable information too. Is there anything more technical to it that is also, you know, can be helpful in that 101 course that we're creating? Well, the, the structure of it is out and we are, we have a few of the modules already done. We, we are going to do them as a live, the, 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 um, the plan is to do it as a live presentation, film it, and then have it as uh, something that can be used elsewhere. Is it going to be on our website, or where um, is it going to live? It will. That's to be determined. Yeah, uh, we're we're also exploring the LinkedIn Learning uh, oh, as right. as a as a platform. But just imagine this: if you're an employer and you're going to hire someone for business development, and you have three, four, five, six, however many people going for this. And two of those people, or three of those people, have certifications in business development. Makes a really compelling argument to have some kind of formal training in business development because there's a lot of people doing it, most not trained. So if we can train these people, I think they'll be more effective. At least they will understand the basics. And then as we, as I've already started going into the second, uh, more advanced level, there's a lot of, um, it's, it's very interesting because there's the psychology, there's the neuroscience, there's the sociology, there's all these things that make us act a certain way, and, and we, can, um, we can capitalize on that. We can use what we know about each other and leverage those relationships. Probably the best training for business development right now is sales training. Right. You have two ears. That's the only training. That's the only training. Yeah. You have two ears. You listen twice as much as you talk. You you know body language. There's all these kinds of approaches, and uh, probably not have to worry about closing and objections and this because it's more establishing a relationship. But it is better than nothing. And so I would argue that most people I've spoken to don't even have that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree, and that's why I think what we're doing is so important. And again, not from What's been very interesting and rewarding for me to be on the board of IBD Pros and, and to just to be a part of it in general is to kind of see the evolution of it. Uh, when I first got involved, it was a relatively new group and non-for-profit, and now I've been involved about a year and a half. And, um, you know, to see how we all work together to create these different uh, opportunities, whether it's through education or through programs or uh, community activation uh, for the business development community has been very interesting because it makes me think differently about my interactions with others and what do people need? You know, what, what does the business development community need? And obviously I manage that from the programs level, but, you know, to see what Savills and Tarek are doing uh, from uh, the education level, Anna with, uh, you know, BD Gives, and that, that aspect of it, and then, you know, the team on membership and, and everything they do to, to see how we all work together to make it work and lift this community up has been extremely rewarding. And that's why we've been, you know, planning our fall and winter schedule uh, for our different programs. And I think we're going to do some really impressive and, and, and impactful things for the group. And you, you actually uh, hit, hit it right on with saying it's a community of people. So we are a community of people that do business development. We do networking, but we're not a networking group. We have so many other types of programs. We have uh, we have 
raised over $40,000 for other not-for-profits. Yeah. Um, we're now creating money so we can do it for ourselves and, and create a scholarship fund. We want to really um, expand into uh, an awards program. Yep. And if you think about the all the organizations I've run, the majority, the vast majority of the organizations I even know about are all shaped like um, a pyramid where the very top is uh, either an architect or he's a, a facility manager or is a, a real estate broker. But with us, we are a level playing field. We're all doing the same thing at different levels, but there is no top of the pyramid. We are, um, we're all pulling in the same direction. We all have the same issues. And so we don't have a community until now. So international business development professionals is the place to be if you are in business development. Absolutely. And that's exactly what it is. And that's what I always keep in mind is how do we continue to lift this community up, whether it is through, you know, programs and events or, uh, and those can be educational or networking or community-based events, um, or it is educational uh, components like you mentioned with uh, the, the courses or, um, you know, even a scholarship fund is, is I consider that educational or just community activation and, and getting involved there. But I think the uh, greatest aspect of the group is that it does bring the business development community together. And through there, the relationships are built and uh, the resources uh, can be provided to, to lift all boats, like you said before. Um, so, so that's what we're focused on. And, uh, you know, as we continue to grow the community, I look forward to being a part of it. Look forward to, uh, you know, learning from you. And Gary, uh, thank you for coming on today. This is a great conversation. So we'll next time, uh, you know, we'll have another update on where we're at. And, and uh, I look forward to doing it again. Thanks, Jack. Thanks very much. My pleasure. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time.